Nicole. Oh, wait a minute. You're not Nicole. Who the hell are you? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I still question that every day. But it's Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. How are you? I'm doing. Well, uh, it's Monday. It is Monday for us. Uh, this will be released on Friday, but I just wanted to welcome you to... Your humble abode. Yeah, my humble abode, my humble podcast, um, and stepping in for Nicole this week. Um, we are... Some big hair to fill. Yeah, very big <laughs> hair to fill. Um, we miss her dearly. Uh, she'll be back with us in a couple weeks. Um, we're going to take a break as well, just the podcast in general. Um, man, those holidays are coming up fast. Mm -hmm. um, I And and it's my birthday week. And this is re being released on my birthday. Um, 29? 29? 29? Uh, a white man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Things are happening very, very fast. Nicole is cleaning house, literally. Uh, she's moving out of Valpo. Um, <laughs> all you bitches leaving. Well, things happen, okay? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's just a lot of busy time and, uh, yeah. Depressing times. That too, some, for some people, for some people. Take your vitamin D, people. Um, yeah. Whatever way you can get it. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, <laughs> dirty. Mine's pill form right now, so. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to have a really good weekend where we've got a lot of exciting things coming up for, you know, Thanksgiving and stuff. We're all going to be very busy. Um, I, I am so looking forward to my birthday. Um, it took me weeks and weeks and weeks to plan. Not really to plan, just kidding, JK. Um, to decide what I wanted to do because I didn't want to plan it. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna go to the casino. Uh, we're gonna spend hundreds of millions of dollars. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, wish. I might. <laughs> yeah, I might. I might. No. We um, hit up the spa. That's another story. Yeah, we're gonna hit up the spa. We're gonna get some dinner. We're gonna hit the casino. I just need to, I just need to be touched. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not a Okay. I'm going to warn you guys, I am a raunchy one, so whatever comes out of my mouth compared to these two that usually are talking, I apologize. Slightly. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Um, if anybody wants to donate to my casino birthday fund, um, my Venmo is at Kayla underscore Ann, A-N-N, uh, 1094 on Venmo. Thanks. Shout outs. Um... What are you looking forward to the most for Thanksgiving? Um, well, I, mean, I might right be there. hosting it with my family, like the five of us. At your so place? My, my house, yes. Oh, really? That's a lot in such a small place. Yes. You'll have so much fun, though. Yeah. I was and like, it's cozy. Yeah. I love your apartment. And it's literally just going to be my parents and my siblings, so... And Freya, of course. Which she's going to get so much fatter and cuter after that. Oh, we all are. And I can see your mom. Hey, Kalia Vale. Yeah. I already yell at her to stop feeding her. Oh, I believe it. That's her grandbaby. Um, but yeah, what are you looking... Are you looking forward to hosting? Uh, yes and no. I've been doing a lot of the cleaning right now just to get it situated and rearranged and stuff like that just to see. Um, but yeah, just at least to... Because it'll be kind of in the middle for 
Everybody. Um, for everybody. So my sister's coming from like an hour drive. Yeah, because she's in East uh, Mishawaka now. And then my parents coming from, and my brother from Hammond right. Highland, which is like a 30 to 45 minute drive. It could be up to an hour depending on construction oh, right yeah. now. So that's I'm in the middle. So That's actually really smart and yeah. it's super easy for you guys. Yeah. What's like the best thing that your mom makes or your dad makes? My dad don't cook. Your dad don't cook? My dad. He looks like a griller. Yes. Yeah. And a baker. He, and a baker. He, when he does it, I when can it see comes him to with a little apron. He's so cute. When it comes to it, uh, they'll do like bake sales and he's just throwing out blueberry, like mm. blueberry lemon cakes oh. and muffins and cookies. It's just everywhere. And then my mom, which my dad has done too, has made like the Toll House pies, which is basically just fucking giant cookies. Oh yeah, it's just like cookie dough. Yeah. She's done it with peanut butter in it that's she's right done the chocolate chip the traditional one um i think she did a heath bar one Ooh. i think she did my dad that's my dad's butter favorite for your one or something like that yeah um i don't know i think it's just a mixture but i mean last year i was it yeah it was last year i hosted the friendsgiving yeah and I think that was so good even with just us couple and there was only four having, of us right and not even having a turkey we did uh the yeah roast. it was all sides and stuff well we had the roast yeah the, the meat at least that but yeah um, I don't know. I think it's Sorry, everybody. My mic fell. Just a mixture of stuff. Um, I think my favorite thing that my mom makes, uh, for one, Charlie Boy, my my brother-in-law, is deep frying the turkey again this year because it was so good last year. Um, send, I'm, send positive vibes for thanks. that. Um, I <laughs> literally remember <laughs> TJ was really sick this time last year. Um... And I remember pulling into my parents' driveway and the garage door was wide open and there were no cars in the driveway. They were off to the side. And I just remember Snapchatting TJ of me pulling in and there's my dad and my brother-in-law slowly putting in the turkey baster thing or whatever, you know, the turkey on the triangle thing. And there's carpet. They put carpet down and uh, in the gr inside the garage. But you know, that won't catch that's not That's not a problem at all. Uh... And I, I just remember telling TJ, like, this this is how we die. This is, And then my mom actually ended up making her own turkey, baking it, you know. Inside, yeah. Yeah, inside or whatever, just, just, just in case. In case. Um, but, no, we loved it. Um, that was really good last year. Um, but the one thing that my mom makes that's just bomb um, are funeral potatoes. That's where I learned how to make my funeral potatoes. I fucking love cheesy potatoes. Give me a potato with cheese, and I'm a whore for it. Um... My sister also makes really good, which is not Thanksgiving theme that you usually think of, but like stuffed shells. She makes really, yeah, really good stuffed shells. That, yeah. um, I mean, well, you think of like, you can actually do any type of thing. It's not, you don't have to have the traditional. Yeah. Well, is it really traditional? Right, whatever, exactly. Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, what did we do? I think for my, I think it was Christmas, maybe. Maybe it was Thanksgiving, I can't remember. Um... We did, like, a taco bar one time. Then mm. we did, like, an Italian night. My mom's done one like that. that. Um, I think one Thanksgiving, it was just a hectic one, that they literally just did bought chicken. Oh, like, just they, like, the catered, gold yeah. catered, yes, just to have it. Because it was, like, yeah. just a, a hectic year that yeah. was going on with everything, so... Yeah, um, I think we've done that, too. We've done, like, we've actually gone out before to, like, um, like, a banquet center mm -hmm. that was hosting a, a very large like uh 
community Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We've done that before. Um, my mom has done... She, she's done lasagna and, like, the Italian thing before because my cousins uh, love her lasagna. She makes very, very good Italian lasagna. Um, Which we didn't do too shabby on one of our... No, we didn't, actually. Um, I make really good stuffed lasagna bites. Those are so good. Is it the roll-up? Yeah, the roll-up ones, yeah. Um, Like I said, I'm a whore for potatoes, cheese, noodles, whatever you can... If you can pack it, fill it, I'm in there. Um, But yeah, so I'm I'm very excited for some good food. Um, Maybe I'll do that, do the cheese potatoes. And your... your, uh, The corn... Cornbread casserole? Ugh! So good. And you haven't even tried it with the cheese and hot sauce on it. Well, maybe not the hot sauce. You won't try it. The cheese on it. Yeah. What kind of hot sauce? Like Louisiana hot sauce? I'll eat that. I like Louisiana hot sauce. Uh, that sounds delicious. I literally stroll. I was grocery shopping the other day, and I was going by the baking aisle or whatever, and like on one of the end caps was all the Jif uh, cornbread boxes, and I just, I said, man. I wish I could just text Kaylee to make me some, and then I could drive over there two minutes away and pick it up and go eat it. Like, but I can't. But you can't. <laughs> but I can't, because I suck. So, I left. My own fault. Um, but yeah. A lot of, lot of excitement for food. If anybody's hungry, uh, uh, mm-hmm. like I am right now. Apologize. Uh, yeah. Um, I came here not hungry, and then <laughs> I am going to be starving. Um... So yeah, so the whole point of Kaylee being here today, uh, we have another murder mystery and no makeup. Well, it's not really a mystery because it's, it's... Well, it's a it's mystery no, to me. It's a mystery to you because you've never heard of and it. And maybe some other listeners. Yes. Um, but it's not a mystery because a murder mystery is when they still don't know what the fuck happened. A murder uncover, okay? A murder. A true murder, crime. A true, true crime. crime. Whatever. True Same crime. Difference. Um... And uh, she's going to go over um, a lot of information, so uh, strap in. Should I just say it now that well, this will be a part one? Yes. This will be part one of this, this uh, story because um, it is a lot of detailed going into the story from a background of the people to the escalation of the situation so and i think i was already at like eight or nine pages and there is still more info sick absolutely i think i would be at like 15 pages (laughs) and we would be here for 42 hours no (laughs) four to five hours (laughs) same difference in my head the exact same thing um so yeah you want to you want to get down and start it off with your uh, trigger warning uh, yes, so um, the story here is called um, An American Crime. It's the uh, disturbing death of Sylvia Likens. Um, it's basically how a mob mentality led, to, led, led, oh my gosh, it's already starting, led to the torture down. murder of an American teen. Um, I do want to say there are, I'm going to give you a trigger warning for anyone that's listening. Um, you might not want, if you have children listening, which hopefully, God, I hope you don't have children listening to this podcast. I mean, we're educational. (laughs) We're educational. It's fine. Sure. (laughs) Um, This story does go into some graphic detail of child abuse, torture, sexual 
abuse and murder. Um, so Sylvia Likens, which is Sylvia Marie Likens, was born on January 3rd of 1949 in Lebanon, Indiana. Is it Lebanon, Lebanon, something? It's, no, it's Lebanon. I've heard it multiple ways. Have you really? Yes. Hmm. Um, anyway, she was the third uh, born of five children, born to carnival workers of Lester Cecil uh, Likens and Elizabeth Betty Francis Likens. What a name. Well, Betty, it's in quotations. Um, it's her that makes nickname. Because still, so. yeah. Um, she was between. She was born between two sets of twins. Oh wow! Yes. Oh my god! Yes, both fraternal. Um, her brother Daniel and Di Diana, who are two years older, and then Benny and Jenny, who are a year uh, younger. Um, her sister Jenny suffered from polio, causing Aww. one of her legs to be weaker than the other. She was um, afflicted with a notable limp, um, and ha limp, and had to wear a steel brace on one of her legs. Uh, Lester and Elizabeth's marriage was unstable. Well, they're carnival was, workers for one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they often sold candy, beer, and soda at carnival stands around Indiana throughout the summer. Also, that would be really fun. Sorry, but I feel like that would be, like, a lot of fun. It would. To, like, travel and, like, yeah, do but all that shit or whatever. Like, I just feel like that would be, like, maybe not for, like, a family. Like back in the day, I'm going to join the circus. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, like, I mean, like, and then you get you there get and you're travel like, and, like, what the fuck did I get myself into? And, like, I just feel like I know that, like, in, like, uh, history terms speaking, there's always been, um... It's kind of, like, taboo to be in that kind of community. Mm -hmm. Either it was a very uh, positive experience or it or was one very, very, very tragic. And all that stuff. And, yeah. like, they were, like, they were, like, horrible people and, like, all of those things. So, I, I really, I get it. I, I think that's, like, a 50-50 shot. But I still think, like, just the idea of it is is so intriguing to me. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Um... So they would go uh, around Indiana throughout the summer, mo moving frequently and regularly, experiencing severe financial difficulties. I'm sure. Uh, the Lycan boys regularly traveled uh, with them in order to assist with their job, but Sylvia and Jenny were discouraged from doing the same out of concern for their safety and education. Which makes sense. Yeah. I should just leave this, like, open. <laughs> Um, as a result, both sisters frequently stayed with their relatives, often their grandmother. In her teenage years, Sylvia occasionally earned spending money by babysitting, running errands, or performing ironing chores for friends and neighbors, often giving her mother part of the earnings. Aww. She has been described as a friendly, confident, and lively girl with long, wavy, light brown hair extending below her shoulders and was known as Cookie to her friends. Oh, cute name. Yeah. That's my, that's my, my dad's mom's nickname. Oh, really? C Cookie. Yeah. Mm. Um, Say less. <laughs> <laughs> Although exuberant, uh, Sylvia always kept her mouth closed when smiling due to a missing front tooth, which was lost during roughhousing, roughhousing with one of her brothers during a childhood game. She was also found found of oh my god fond of music, particularly the Beatles. Um, who, who which girl wasn't at that age? Yes. Yeah. Um, by the way, they're coming out with, well, not them, it's, uh, 
Paul and uh, Ringo. Ringo, yeah. Uh, coming out album. with audio like i think it was it a whole album i think it was a i just whole heard album. i just heard like one song that they were doing then they were doing like flashbacks with uh john and uh george oh mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i wonder if it was on a, like was on, you know tiktok where everything is yeah that's where i saw it too that's mm -hmm. why i thought it was an album um it might be they just all i saw was just the one yeah. for that one time um, and was notably protective of her markedly more timid and insecure younger sister. On several, several occasions, the two sisters would visit a local skating rink where Sylvia would help Jenny skate by holding her hand while Jenny skated on her unaffected foot. Aww. What a good big sister. Yes. So that was a little background on Sylvia. Sylvia. So we're going to move into background of... How did we say this last name was Benazuski? Benazuski. Gertrude Nadine Benazuski. Yeah. Um this So Sylvia was is obviously is, the victim. Is the victim. Yes. And Gertrude is the killer. One. Oh. Wonderful. The main. Poor girl. Okay. Continue. We're gonna remember. They're like I said, mob mentality. Oh yeah, that's right. So Damn. Okay. Go ahead. The ringleader, should I say. So sad. Continue. Gertrude Nadine Benazuski was born on September 19th of 1928 in Indianapolis, Indiana, to Hughes Marcus Van Fawzen, 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 whatever, senior, and Molly Myrtle Van Fawzen, both of whom were originally from Illinois and were of American Dutch descendant. Hmm. Gertrude was the third of six children, and her family was working class. I love how they, like, make her all, you know, oh, she was working class. Right. This, not a carnival. Not a carnival. They had financial issues. Their parents had a rocky marriage. Bastards. Bitches. <laughs> On October 5th of 1939, she saw her 50-year-old father die from a sudden heart attack. Six years later, Gertrude dropped out of high school at the age of 16 to marry 18-year-old John Benazuski, who was originally from Youngsville, Pennsylvania, and was of Polish ancestry with whom and with whom she had four children with. Okay. Although John had a volatile temper and occasionally beat his wife, the two would remain together for 10 years prior to their first divorce. Their first divorce together? She says, uh, you, you just ignore me. <laughs> uh, following her divorce, Gertrude married a man named Edward Gunthrie. By the way, this was another part that I had that wasn't on this info that I read was it was a couple weeks or a few weeks after her first divorce she married this man. Oh, God. <laughs> this marriage only lasted... 60s. <laughs> this marriage only lasted just three months before the couple just divorced. <laughs> I guess she... I guess he became like abusive, abusive, too. Um, shortly thereafter... Gertrude remarried her first husband with whom she had two more children with. Nice. The couple divorced for the second time in 1963. <laughs> Weeks after her third divorce, she began a relationship with 20-year-old welder named Dennis Lee Wright, who was also physically abusive to her. Jesus, woman. She had one child with Wright, Dennis Lee Jr. Wright. 
Jr. Shortly after the birth of their son in May of 1964, Wright abandoned Gertrude. Shortly thereafter, she filed a paternity suit against Wright for financial support of their child, although Wright seldom contributed to the care of their son. So he never, yeah, never cared for the child. She never got anything out of him. Yeah. Ugh, men. Yeah. Ugh, men. By 1965, Gertrude lived alone with her seven children. Seven. A poor woman. Can we call her Gertie? There are. Yeah, there are. Cool. Like I like Gertie. Gertie. Yeah. Uh, her seven children, Paula, who was 17, Stephanie, who was 15, John, who was 12, Marie, who was 11, <laughs> Shirley, who was 10, <laughs> James, who was 8, and Dennis Jr., who was 1. Listen, that's a, that's, they're all band names. Yeah. That's a really good band setup. <laughs> Partridge family. Yeah. <laughs> the Brady one. Yeah. I mean, like, that's like really, those are like really good, like, band mate names. Like, mm -hmm. you, Paula, you sound like you deserve to be in a band, girl. Go on. Although 36 years old and 5'6 in height, she weighed only 100 pounds Jesus. and has been described as a haggard, underweight, asthmatic chain smoker <laughs> suffering from clinical depression due to the stress of three failed marriages, <laughs> a failed relationship, and a recent miscarriage. Aww. In addition to the sporadic... Uh, checks she received from her first husband, a former Indianapolis police officer, upon whom she primarily relied financially to support her children. Gertrude occasionally performed odd jobs. As soon as you hear odd jobs, you're like, what the fuck did she do? No, it's the same as what Sylvia did. Um, for neighbors and acquaintances, such as sewing or mm -hmm. cleaning in order to earn money. <sighs> this is a part of like, can I go back to 1965 for this part? So Gertrude resigned in 19, or reser reserved, oh my god. I, I'm, you're excited. Okay. I'm excited <laughs> about this, what next part, be like, can we, that's why I'm like, can we go back to 1965? Resided in Indianapolis at 3850 East New York Street, where the monthly rent was, just take a, just take a guess. How many bedrooms? It doesn't say. Damn. Uh, well, but it's a house. Seven kids, right? And it's a house. And it's a house, plus herself. 1965, you said? 500 bucks. Monthly rent was $55. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> fuck off. Fuck you. God damn. And the picture. Up. That's so. Do you want me to show you the house? Yeah, actually. I so that I could be even more enraged at that fucking generation. At, at Jet. Oh my god, that makes me so sick. Ugh. We're so fucked as. Oh my god. I hate it. I hate everything about this now. I'm never gonna not think about this. That's a gorgeous home. It's torn down now. That's... That's I don't know what such a nice house. house. I think that's like the remodel because then it's another picture which looks more like... Older looking kinda. But yeah. God, that is so nice. $55. Fuck anybody that says that we have it all. Okay? <sighs> yeah. Alright. So that was a little background for Gertie. <laughs> You're so 
still thinking about that. Yeah, I am. That's so it's fucking ridiculous. Up. It is. Yeah. Okay, continue. All right. Now I'm at my low. Bring me back up. So we're going into July of 1965. Um, so we're starting by June of 1965. Sylvia and Jenny resided with their parents in Indianapolis. On July 3rd, their mother was arrested and subsequently jailed for shoplifting. Shortly thereafter, Lester Likens arrived or arranged for his daughters to board with Gertrude. Uh, Wait, how did they know each other? I'm getting there. Oh, sorry. Um, so it's the mother of the two girls to whom the sisters recently became acquainted with, which are the two older ones, Paula and Stephanie, because they they uh, got acquainted while studying at Arsenal Technical High School. Oh. Um, at the time, at this time, um, at the time of the boarding arrangement, Gertrude uh, assured Lester she would care for his daughters until his return, as if they were her own. Hmm. Shortly after the uh, July 4th holiday, the sisters moved into 3850 East New York Street in order for their father and later their mother to travel the East Coast with the carnival with the understanding that Gertrude would receive weekly fees of $20 to care for their daughters until they returned in November of that year to collect the girls. Which, honestly, if, if we're thinking about it then, rent is how, rent is how much? 55 And they're offering $20? That's a lot of money. Yeah. During the initial weeks in which Sylvia and Jenny resided at the household, the sisters were subjected to very little discipline and abuse. Likens regularly regularly sang songs to pop records with Stephanie and would, and she would willingly participated in housework at the uh, residence. Both girls also regularly attended Sunday school with the uh, Bens Benus oh my god Beniski whatever I can't even say it now children uh, with the pastor commending uh, Sylvia's uh, piety 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Nicole will correct us later. I know. I'll hear it from her. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, that wasn't right. Mm -hmm. I don't really care. I'm tired. All right. So we're going into the start of the abuse. Okay. Although Lester Likens had agreed to pay Gertrude $20 a week in exchange for the care of their daughters, after approximately two weeks, these payments... Uh, failed to consistently arrive um, uh, upon the prearranged dates, occasionally arriving one or two days late. That's that's the mail system, man. Bad. In response, Gertrude began venting her frustration at the fact upon the sisters. It's one or two days by beating their bare buttocks with various instruments, such as a one-quarter-inch-thick paddle making statements such as, well, I took care of you two little bitches for a week for nothing. On one occasion, in late August, both girls were beaten approximately 15 times on the back with um, the aforementioned paddle after Paula had accused the sisters of eating too much food at a church supper the household children had attended. Okay, church suppers are free. Um, The payment... Is one day late. One to two. Not bad. And it's been a week and a half. Yeah. That bitch is nuts. Mm-hmm. 
By mid-August, Gertrude, uh, sorry, Gertie, as you want me to Thanks. call her, had begun to focus her abuse almost exclusively upon Sylvia, with her primary uh, motivation likely being jealousy of the girl's youth, appearance, respectability, and potential. According to mm. subsequent trial testimony, this abuse was initially inflicted upon Sylvia after she and Jenny had returned to the residence from school as well as on weekends. Uh, the initial abuse included subjectly Sylvia to beatings and starvation, focusing her, forcing her to eat leftovers or spoiled food Ew. out of the garbage cans. Ew. On one occasion, Sylvia was accused of stealing candy she had actually purchased. On another occasion, in late August, Sylvia was subjected to humiliation when she claimed to have a boyfriend in Long Beach, California, whom she had met in the spring of 1965, when her family lived in California. In response, Gertrude asked if Sylvia had ever done anything with a boy, to which she, unsure of Gertrude's meaning, replied, I guess so, and explained that she had gone skating with boys there and had once gone to a park on the beach with them. Continuing the conversation with Jenny and Stephanie, Sylvia mentioned that she had once laid under the covers with, a boy, with her boyfriend. Upon hearing this, Gertrude asked, why did you do that, Sylvia? Sylvia replied, I don't know, and shrugged. Several days later, Gertrude returned to the subject with Sylvia telling her, you're certainly getting big in the stomach, Sylvia. It looks like you're going to have a baby. She thought Gertrude was kidding, with her and said, yeah, it sure is getting big. I'm just going to have to go on a diet. Gertrude then told her and the other girls in the house that whenever they did something with a boy, they were sure to, uh, they would be sure to have a baby. She then kicked Sylvia in the genitals. Paula, three months pregnant herself. Oh, damn. I didn't get on this and it was on my other papers that got destroyed. Paula got pregnant by a married man. <laughs> Check your own kids, Gertie. Yep. Paula was sleeping with a married man. And if you... There is a movie based on this. If you watch it, all those, it doesn't go fully in, show mm -hmm. into detail, everything. But yeah. Married man. Hooker. Whore. Slut. Um, but yeah, Paula, three months pregnant. Adult trust. Sorry, go on. Paula, three... <laughs> Should we even break that day? Yeah. Paula, three months pregnant herself and also jealous of Sylvia's physical appearance, then participated in attacking her, knocking her off a chair and onto the kitchen floor, shouting, you ain't fit to sit in a chair. On another occasion, as the family ate supper, Gertrude, Paula, and a neighborhood boy named Randy Gordon Lepper force-fed Sylvia a hot dog overloaded with condiments including mustard, ketchup, and spices. Sylvia vomited as a result and was later forced to consume um, that, that she regurgitated. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. This is like, it's so fast. It's happening so fast. Mm -hmm. Literally a week after no, she gets is, there. This is August now. Oh, this okay. is mid-August, so it's she, they moved in after the 4th of July, so it's been almost a month and a half. But still, even that's fast. Like, mm -hmm. that's wild. Yep. 
In what was Sylvia's only act of retaliation, she is alleged to have spread a rumor at school that Stephanie and Paula were prostitutes because she was upset that uh, the household was uh, singling her out for similar accusations. I'd also pull an amber turd and shit on all their fucking beds. You want to sit here and <clears throat> torture me? And I have to sit here and eat my vomit? I'm going to shit on all your beds. Fuck off. While at school, Stephanie was jokingly propositioned by a boy who told her that Sylvia had started this rumor about her. Upon returning home that day, Stephanie questioned her about the rumor and she admitted to starting it. Stephanie punched her in response. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but Sylvia apologized to her in tears and Stephanie then began also to cry. However, when mm. Stephanie's boyfriend, 15-year-old Coy Randolph Hubbard, heard of the rumor, he brutally attacked Sylvia, slapping her, banging her head against the wall, and flipping her backwards onto the floor. When Gertrude found out, she used a paddle to beat Sylvia. F found out that she was already beaten? No, found out that the rumor was spread about her daughter. So, and didn't... Yeah. Why people be crazy? Mm-hmm. Fucking nuts. Poor Sylvia. Yep. On another occasion, Paula beat Sylvia about the face with such force that she broke her wrist, have, yeah. uh, have primarily forced her blows upon Sylvia's teeth and eyes. Later, Paula, Paula went to, you know, a, the hospital doctor, whatever, mm -hmm. to get cast, was bragging about it there, about how she broke it. Yeah. Of course, shit wasn't done. Uh, later, Paula used the cast on her wrist to further beat Sylvia. Oh, I'm sure. Gertie reportedly falsely accused Silva Sylvia of uh, promiscuity and of engaging in prostitution, ranting about the filthiness of prostitution and women in general. <laughs> you ain't a girl's girl right there. Just no shit. The old fucking hag. She ain't that old. She only <laughs> that time she's only. Listen, you know what? She's had seventy-two thousand children. She's been married forty-two times at this point. She's an old hag. Old hag. Hold on. I hope she dies alone. So, yeah. How old was she at this point? Thirty-six. Thirty-six. I knew and it. I was... told you. I told you guys. She just showed me this picture of this 36-year-old woman who literally looks 87. Like, you know why she looks so old? Karma. That's the devil, honey. That's the devil working. That's what that is. It, she sold her soul. And I just think it's funny that I'm at right now three years younger than right. what that was. And you look 25. So, if I can flip my hair, I would. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, I was right. She's an old hag. Mm -hmm. She looks 87. She's had 72,000 children. Okay, continue. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find where it is. Okay. Uh, so, the pro with gen women, you know, filthiness of prostitution and women in general. Uh, Gertie would later oca uh, occasionally force Jenny to strike her own sister, beating Jenny if she did not comply. Oh my god. Yeah. Those are the twins. Jenny, Jenny is the, the one of the, 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 one the of younger the twins. twins. Yeah. The one that has 
polio that polio. with the, right, yeah. right, right, right. So those two are they they were the only two that ended up living in this house. Okay. I don't know, fourth like it's yeah. yeah. Um so Coy Hubbard, which is the boyfriend, the boyfriend of Stephanie, and several of his classmates frequently visited the residence to both physically and verbally torment Sylvia, often collaborating with um the children of the house and Gertrude herself. Jesus Christ. With Gertie's activity or active encouragement, uh, these neighborhood children routinely beat Sylvia, sometimes using her as a practice dummy in violent judo sessions, lacerating her body, burning her skin with lit cigarettes in, um, in excess of a hundred times, and severely injuring her genitals. To entertain... Trigger warning, to entertain Gertrude and her teenage accomplices, Sylvia was forced at one point to strip naked in the family living room and masturbate with a glass Pepsi Cola bottle in their present, with Gertrude stating to all present that this act of humiliation was for Sylvia to prove to Jenny what kind of girl she was. This whole thing already reminds me, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, of the Stanford Prison Experiment, where there was, um, it's a psychology experiment that happened, heard, yeah. and people were either jail mates or uh, prison guards, mm -hmm. and it was like... It was literal, like, like mob mentality fucking torture. Yeah. Um, it was the prison guards, their mentality, mentality changed. And they, yeah. Because they had this authority mindset that they can do whatever they want because of their station in life mm -hmm. or because of their job title or because they started to see the, the, the people who were in prison less than human. Mm -hmm. This whole, that immediately I, I just flash back to psychology class and talking about the Stanford experiment where if you know one one quote-unquote authority person says it's okay to do something that it's like balls to the walls the next person is gonna see how how far they can really fucking go that's so fucked up so then Gertrude eventually for uh, bade Sylvia from attending school after she confessed to having stolen a gym suit from the school due to Gert, uh, Gertie having refused to purchase the clothing for her. For this act of theft, uh, Gertrude whipped Sylvia with a three-inch wide police belt. Uh, Gertie then switched her conversation to the evils of premarital sex before repeatedly kicking her in the genitals as Stephanie rallied to Stephanie's defense, shouting she didn't do anything. So there were times where the children the, the children kind of like jumped in but they did also you don't want to jump they didn't want to jump in too much because they didn't want to suffer right consequences. exactly exactly yeah and then i also have another question are is she still getting paid during this time yes that's fucked up yep also why can't the why why is nobody contacting her parents why isn't she contacting her own parents where are the parents oh i'm gonna you're gonna get to it okay nicole okay thanks <laughs> High price. Hair flip. <laughs> um, Gertrude then burns Sylvia's fingertips with matches before further whipping her. A few days later, Gertrude repeatedly whipped Jenny with the police belt after she re reportedly stole a single tennis shoe from the school to wear 
uh, on her strong foot. My strong foot. Sorry. <laughs> I had a feeling it was coming. The Lycan siblings were afraid of notifying either family members or adults at their school of the steepening domestic turmoil, as both were afraid that doing so would only worsen their situation. So Jenny in particular struggled against the urge to notify family members as she had been threatened by Gertie that she would herself be abused or and tortured to the same degree as her uh, sister if she did so. Jenny was also subjected to bullying by gir girls in the neighborhood in addition to occasionally being ridiculed or beaten whenever she alluded to Sylvia's behavior. Hmm. Or situation. Yeah, situation like behavior. Yeah. yeah. In July and August, both Lester and Elizabeth Likings would occasionally return to Indi Indianapolis to visit their daughters whenever their travel schedule afforded them to the opportunity. The last occasion Lester and Elizabeth visited their daughters was in, uh, on October 5th, um, so October 5th of 1965. On this occasion, neither girl exhibited any visible sign of distress about their uh, mistreatment to their parents. This was likely because both were in the presence of Gertrude and her children. Mm. Almost immediately after Lester and Elizabeth had left the household on their final visit, Gertrude turned to face Sylvia and stated, What are you going to do now, Sylvia? Now they're gone. On one occasion uh, in September, the girls encountered their older sister, Diana Shoemaker, at a local park, both Jenny and Sylvia informed Diana about the abuse they were enduring at the hands of their caregiver, adding that Sylvia was uh, being specifically targeted for physical abuse and almost always for things she had neither said nor done. Neither sister mentioned the actual address where they were resided mm -hmm. at. Initially, Diana believed her sister's must have been exaggerating their claims regarding the scope of their mis uh, mistreatment. Boo! You whore! You're a bad sister! And my thing is, like, as I'm, like, reading How, this, why, why didn't they stay with the sister or stay back with the grandma like they did before? Yeah. That's my thing, is then this... <laughs> this shit wouldn't have happened. Yeah, Exactly. Like, I just, I under, like, I get the abused mentality mindset. Um, so, like, I understand that, too. But that was a perfect opportunity to be, like, we're not kidding. Like, take us. Take us. Take can us we in. please stay with you for a couple of days so that we can figure something mm -hmm. out? Like, you don't need to, like, rescue us in any sense. Yeah. Like, you don't need to come to the house and, like, fix anything. But, like, take us with you, yeah. please. That's so fucked up. Yeah. And fuck her for assuming that they were just exaggerating. exaggerating. Never, never in my life would I ever think that first. Ever. That's messed up. Mm -hmm. Then several re weeks prior to this, Sylvia and Jenny had encountered Diana in the same park while in the company of 11-year-old Marie 
and Sylvia had been given a sandwich to eat when she mentioned to her sister that she was hungry. Sylvia remained silent about the matter, although Marie revealed this fact to her family in late mm. September. In response, Gertrude uh, accused her of engaging in gluttony before, before she and Paula choked and bludgeoned her. The pair then subjected Sylvia to a scolding hot bath in order to cleanse her of her sin, with Gertrude grabbing Sylvia's hair and repeatedly banging her head against the bathtub to to revive her when she fainted. Fucking Christians. Shortly after this incident, the father of a neighborhood boy named Michael John Monroe phoned the high school to anonymously report that a girl with open sores across her entire body was living at the household. Uh, yeah, that was that's the other thing is how are they how are the neighbors not hearing any of this? Again, she points to the book of knowing. Continue. Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> well, we are filling that big hair, so. Yes. Um, as Sylvia had not attended school for several days, a school nurse visited uh, East New York Street to investigate these claims. A school nurse. A fucking school nurse at that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gertie claimed to the nurse that Sylvia had run away from her home the previous week and that she was unaware of her actual whereabouts, adding that Sylvia was out of control and that her open sores were a result of her uh, refusal to maintain decent physical hygiene or personal hygiene, sorry, well, physical, personal right. hygiene, whatever. Um, Gertie further claims Sylvia had a bad influence on both her own children and her sister, the school made no further investigations concerning Sylvia's welfare. Uh, the system has failed children since the beginning of fucking time. Pretty much. Pretty much. The immediate neighbors of the family were a middle-aged couple named Raymond and Phyllis Vermillion. Both initially viewed Gertrude as an ideal caregiver for the Lycan sisters and both visited the residence on two occasions while the girls had been under Gertrude's uh, care. On both occasions, however, the Vermillions witnessed Paula physically abusing Sylvia, who had, who on both occasions had a black eye and openly boasting um, about her mistreatment of the children to them. Upon their second visit, um, at the household, both observed Sylvia to appear extremely meek and somewhat zombified in nature. Uh, nevertheless, the Vermillions never reported Sylvia's evident uh, mistreatment to the uh, authorities. Mm. Cool, 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 cool. And in the movie, cool, cool. you can hear like them screaming and they're out doing yard work. Yeah. And I don't remember if it was the, I think it was the wife turned to look and the husband goes, no, we should like mind our own business. And they scooted back inside. I know it's the movie, but I'm not sure if that's like fully based on what happened. But um, I could yes. see that for the time and the area. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, Jesus. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, how fucking wild. I'm so glad that a lot of people don't mind their business anymore. For certain things. Things like this. These kinds of things. Like, um, 
I just, I literally just, it was, it was a couple months ago, um, my sister and I were talking and she had said something and I rebuttaled of, you know, like, um, something about Jordy being at school or something like that. And, uh, I was like, you know, I will never not stand up for the child, no matter the situation. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's the mother, the father, the, the grandmother. I don't care the familial status. I don't care if there's a question of doubt in my mind that that child is safe or not. I will always protect that child. Have you seen the TikTok video where they're, uh, the moms are being asked, would you kill for your child? And they're yeah. all like, oh, no. Oh, no. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't I don't have a child of my own. I would kill myself for Jordan. I would kill like, somebody else for Jordan. Your child is like, being viciously abused, attacked something. So you wouldn't kill that person that's doing that you would, to your child? Are you fucking kidding me? Nah. Nah. I can't I'm going to leave it at that because I'm going to go into too much detail. Yeah. About? about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> don't criminalize yourself, you know? Uh, but yeah. It's, it's, I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just a silly girl. Yeah. Just a silly, silly goose. girl. <laughs> yeah. No. I just don't understand. I don't. Yeah, I it. yet have not birthed a child out of me either, but there are, like, wouldn't you want, like, isn't it a good thing that somebody cares, whether it be familial or a stranger on the street, somebody cares genuinely about the well-being of a child? Like, that is basic. That's a basic fucking need. That is a bare fucking minimum. Mm -hmm. So, can't relate to minding my business about them kids. Every kid, you should mind your business about. So, good discussion. Continue. Um, on or about October 1st, Diana Shoemaker... Sorry, not to interrupt one more time, but when you did show me that picture of Gertie being 84 million years old... Um, at the age of 36. At the age yeah. of 36, I do recognize her. Okay. Yeah. Now that you saw. Yeah. yeah. So, on or about uh, October 1st, Diana Shoemaker discovered that the sisters were at the... Um, that residence for that address, because, you know, us bitches like to do as FBI work. Right. work. <laughs> Even in 1965. Listen, from since the dawn of time. Although she still pisses me off. Hmm. That she, you know, you exaggerated. Okay. Whatever. Fuck off. So Diana visited the property in an attempt to initiate regular contact. Gertrude, however, refused to allow Diana entry to the property, stating that she had received permission from their parents not to allow either of the girls to see her. She then ordered Diana to leave the property. Approximately two weeks later, Diana encountered Jenny by chance close to the home and inquired um, as to Sylvia's welfare. She was informed, I can't tell you or I'll get in trouble. Mm, how sad. No. Also, also, again, 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 just saying, um... Ain't nobody in this fucking world telling me that I can't see my sibling. That I can't see somebody that I care about. Nobody, nobody on God's green earth is going to tell me you don't have permission. Really? Watch me fucking Sparta kick this door down. Because I'm gonna about to beat your fucking ass from here to high heaven. <clears throat> nobody. 
Nobody comes between me. Nobody. So, again, Diana, you suck. You suck. And her being, that's my thing, is that she's an adult. Like, an actual, your, fully formed, grown adult. Well, 18, but yeah. At this time, two, she's 18? She's 18 because she's two years older than Sylvia. She, young adult. She's whatever. a young adult. She's not fully formed. But I'm guessing she's probably married and, you know, because she, right. on her own. She has life experience. <clears throat> she's been on her own. She's probably married. You're right. 18 is not an adult, though. You're still a child. Uh, there's so many pages, Kaylee. Well, I... Oh, that's not bad. Well, no memory that I have. But still on um, here. Yeah, that's true. So. Continue. Okay. <clears throat> Say when. Okay. <laughs> cheese graters. <laughs> when. <laughs> there's never enough cheese. <laughs> Alright, so due to the increase... In the frequency and brutality of the torture and mistreatment Sylvia was subjected to, uh, she gradually became incontinent. I'm sure. She was denied any access to the bathroom, being forced to wet herself as a form of punishment for her incontinent. incontinent oh my god. Sorry. <clears throat> oh, my nose is starting to itch. On October 6th, Gertrude threw Sylvia into the basement and tied her up. Here, Sylvia was often kept naked, regularly, uh, rarely, rarely fed, and frequently deprived of water. Occasionally, she was tied to the railing of the basement stairs, with her feet barely touching the ground. In weeks prior to locking Sylvia in the basement, Gertrude had increasingly abused and tormented her. She was occasionally falsely claimed... Uh, to the children in her household that either she herself or one of them had been receiving direct insults from Sylvia uh, in the hopes uh, that would provoke them into belittling or attacking her. On one occasion, Gertrude held a knife aloft and challenged Sylvia to, uh, to fight me back. To which Sylvia replied, she did not know how to fight. In response, Gerfie, uh, Gertrude, Gertrude, I heard, <laughs> Gertrude, uh, inflicted a light score, a wound on Sylvia's leg. Physical and mental torment such as um, this would occasionally pause when the um, family uh, watched their favorite television shows. This family is so fucking mental. Neighborhood children were occasionally, oh my god, were occasionally charged five cents a piece to see the display of Sylvia's body and to humiliate, beat, scold, burn, and ultimately mutilate her. Throughout uh, her captivity in the basement, Gertrude frequently, with the assistance of her children and neighborhood children, restrained and gagged Sylvia before placing her in a bathtub filled with scolding water and proceeding to rub salt in her wounds. Where the fuck are these kids' parents? Where are the authorities? Mm -hmm. What'd you do at school today, kids? Well, uh, today after school, we, uh, we went to the neighbor's house down there on New York I'm Street. I'm learning how to dissect and, the body. Uh, yeah, uh, there's, they, they got a girl down there and, uh, we, we literally rubbed some salt in her wounds. How was your day, Pa? Indiana at its fucking finest. 
What's very ironic also, and maybe it's not irony, maybe it was uh, planned this way, the fact that her parents are in a carnival and she turns her into a fucking carnival side piece. Mm-hmm. How fucked up. Yep. Fucking Indiana. Burn the whole state. Can we get out first? Well, technically, I am. can I get out first? <laughs> yeah. Can I get me and my family out first, and then we'll talk? Okay. Well, my immediate family. Yeah. We don't need to. Maybe Go for so. it. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Gertrude and her 12-year-old son, John Jr., rubbed urine and feces from Gertrude's one-year-old son's diaper into Sylvia's mouth before giving her a cup half-filled with water and stating the water was all she would receive for the remainder of the day. So a half cup, pretty much a half cup of water, is all she's getting. Wow. On October 22nd, John Jr. tormented Sylvia by offering to allow her to eat a bowl of soup with her fingers and then quickly taking the bowl away. Um, when Sylvia, by this stage suffering from extreme... Uh, Mal malnourishment attempted to eat the food. Gertrude eventually allowed Sylvia to sleep upstairs on, um, on the condition that she learned not to wet herself. That night, Sylvia whispered to Jenny to secretly give her a glass of water before falling asleep. The following morning, Gertrude discovered that Sylvia had urinated on herself as a punishment. Sylvia was forced to insert an another empty, trigger warning. Another trigger warning. Insert another um, oh my God. empty glass Coca-Cola bottle into her vagina in the presence of the children before Gertrude off, uh, ordered her uh, to the basement. Shortly thereafter... Sorry, I thought it was raining, but I see sun. Shortly thereafter, Gertrude shouted for Sylvia to return to the kitchen, then ordered her to strip naked before proclaiming to her, you have branded my daughters, now I'm going to brand you. She began carving the words, I am a prostitute and proud of it, onto Sylvia's abdomen with a heated needle. I also really hope that there are consequences for her children. We'll get there. Good. Later on. That would be... Part two, part two because okay. i'm already so we'll do the trial and yeah. all the children's stuff well there's a whole more oh i'm sure yeah. um but finish with this that's what i'm trying to get to i had to bring it up on here too um when gertrude was unable to, was unable to finish the branding uh she instructed one of the neighborhood children present 14 year old richard dean hobbs to finish etching the words into Sylvia's flesh as she uh, took Jenny to a nearby grocery store. In what Hobbes would later insist were short, light etchings, he continued to brand the text into her abdomen as she clenched her teeth and moaned. Both Hobbes and 10-year-old Shirley then led Sylvia into the basement where each proceeded to use um, an anchor bolt in an attempt uh, to brand the letter S beneath Sylvia's left breast, although they applied one section of the loop backwards, and this deep burn scar would resemble a three. Hmm. 
uh, Gertrude later taunted Likens by claiming she would never be able to marry due to the words carved on her stomach stating, Sylvia, what are you going to do now? You can't get married now. What are you going to do? Weeping, uh, Sylvia replied, I guess there's nothing I can do. Later that day, Sylvia was forced to display the carvings to neighborhood children with Gertrude claiming she was she had received the inscription at a sex party. Ah! That night, that Sylvia confided... Yeah. That night, Sylvia confided to her sister, Jenny, I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell it. The following day, uh, Gertie woke Sylvia, then forced her to write a letter um, as she dictated the contents which were intended to mislead her parents into believing their daughter had run away um, from the residence. The content of the letter was intended to frame a group of anonymous local boys for extensively abusing and mutilating Sylvia after she had initially agreed to engage in sexual relations with them before they inflicted the extreme abuse and torture upon her body. After Sylvia had written this letter... Gertrude f finished formulating her plan to have John Jr. and Jenny blindfold Sylvia, then take her to a nearby wooded area known as Jimmy's Forest and leave her there to die. After she had finished writing the letter, Sylvia was then again tied to the stair railing and offered crackers to eat, although she refused them, saying, give it to the dogs, I don't want it. In response, Gertie forced the crackers into Sylvia's mouth before she and John Jr., beat her, particularly around the stomach. Do you want me to go into the next part? What's the next part about? Yeah. Okay. On October 25th, Sylvia attempted to escape from the basement after overhearing a conversation between Gertie and John Jr. pertaining to the family's plan to abandon her to die. She attempted to flee to the front door. However, due to the extensive injuries and general weakness, Gertie caught her before she could escape the property. Sylvia was then given crackers to eat, but was unable to consume the food due to her ex extreme state of dehydration. Mm -hmm. Gertrude forced the crackers into her mouth before repeatedly striking her face with a curtain rod until sections of the instrument were bent into right angles. Coy Hubbard, which is the Stephanie's boyfriend, then took the curtain rod from Gertrude and struck uh, Sylvia one further time, rendering her unconscious. Gertrude then dragged Sylvia into the basement. That evening, uh, Sylvia desperately attempted to alert neighbors by screaming for help and hitting the walls of the basement with a spade. <clears throat> one immediate neighbor of the residence would later inform police she had heard the desperate commotion and that she had identified the source um as coming from the basement of the house but that as the noise had suddenly ceased at approximately 3 a.m she decided not to inform the police about the disturbance fucking pathetic Every person in this entire fucking story is sad and pathetic, and I hate human beings. Continue. By the morning of October 26, Sylvia was unable to either speak intelligibly or correctly coordinate the movement of her limbs. Gertrude moved Sylvia into the kitchen, and having propped her back 
against the wall, attempted to feed her a donut and a glass of milk. She threw Sylvia on the floor in frustration when Sylvia was unable to correctly move the glass of milk with her lips. She was then returned to the basement. Shortly thereafter, Sylvia became delirious, repeatedly moaning and mumbling. When Paula asked her to recite the English alphabet, Sylvia was unable to recite anything beyond the first four letters or to raise herself off the ground. In response, Paula verbally threatened her to either stand up or she would inflict a long jump upon her. Gertrude then ordered Sylvia, who had defecated herself, to clean herself. That afternoon, several of Lycan's other tormentors gathered in the basement. Sylvia jerkingly moved her arms in an apparent attempt to point at the faces of her tormentors she could recognize, making statements such as, You're Ricky, you're Gertie, before uh, Gertrude Tressley shouted, Shut up, you know who I am. Minutes later, Sylvia unsuccessfully attempted to bite into a rotten pear she had been given, stating she could feel the lonely looseness in mm. her teeth. Upon hearing this, Jenny replied, Don't you remember, Sylvia? Your front tooth was knocked out when you were seven. Jenny then left Sylvia in the basement to perform gardening chores for neighbors in hopes of earning spending money. In an attempt to wash Sylvia, a laughing John Jr. sprayed her with a garden hose brought uh, to the house that afternoon by Randy Leopard at Gertrude's request. Lycans again, or sorry, Sylvia, like, they, mm -hmm. they go just by last name. It was like, right. put her first name. Sylvia again desperately attempted to exit the basement but collapsed before she could reach the stairs. In response to this effort, Gertie stomped upon sylvia's head before standing and staring at her uh, for several more moments shortly after 5 30 p.m richard hobbs returned to the household and immediately proceeded to the basement he slipped on the wet basement stairs and fell heavily onto the floor of the basement to be confronted by the sight of stephanie crying and cuddling sylvia's emaciated and lacerated body after she had been ordered by her mother to clean sylvia Stephanie and Richard then decided to give Sylvia a warm, soapy bath and dress her in new clothes. They then laid her upon a mattress in uh, one of the bedrooms as Sylvia muttered her final wish that her daddy was here mm. and that Stephanie would take her home. Uh, Stephanie then turned to her younger sister, Shirley, exclaiming, oh, she'll be all right. When Stephanie realized that Sylvia was not breathing, she attempted to apply mouth-to-mouth -mouth resurrection. Uh, resuscitation. resuscitation. Oh, my God. I saw an R, and I was like, I wait, that's not right. My eyes are going this way. Uh, resuscitation as Gertie repeatedly shouted to the children in the household that Sylvia was faking her death. Sylvia was 16 years old when she finally succumbed to her injuries. How fucking horrible. I hate everything about this story. Mm -hmm. Genuinely. From beginning not, to end. And we're not even towards the end. I know. I understand that. So much. Either, I, no words. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. I... I can't even formulate a sentence. How fucking sick. Mm-hmm. And how odd that all of a sudden Stephanie is crying and feeling however she's feeling and wants to give Sylvia a warm, caring bath and yeah. take care of her. And then in the same breath, say oh she's just faking she's just faking her death she just wants to get out of this she's all right and then gertie oh she's just faking okay yeah i hope that that woman i hope for part two you get to tell me that that old hag died a horrific death i really do um because i will not be satisfied otherwise even if you have to lie to me tell me that she endured worse torture than what she did even if you have to lie to me okay yeah sure thanks um otherwise like i said i won't be satisfied and justice will not be done um because i full-heartedly believe in tit for tat <laughs> um yeah wow yeah, the minute you showed me that picture, I knew exactly who, what, what was mm -hmm. happening. Um, let's see if I can... What are you doing now? How did you feel researching this? Is that the doll? Is that... That's her. Oh, wow. Sick. She's showing me pictures. Um, so, super fun. I won't sleep tonight. Um, can't wait to hear part two. Um, uh, yeah. I just... I am such a... right and wrong kind of person that... this is... There's so much injustice in this whole fucking story from literally the beginning. Mm -hmm. So much injustice. What are your thoughts, feelings? Anger. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel disgust and anger and I feel that towards every person who, who knew. Involved, involved in besides Sylvia, and yep, including Jenny, the sister, who, again, I understand the abusive mindset of those who are abused and, and not what happened. The retaliation. The, I, I completely her. understand it. I really do. And maybe it's ignorant of me or naive of me to say I would never fucking accept that beat me to death mm -hmm. before you touch my sister. But again, Jenny was weak herself, too. And younger. Yeah. So that's why Sylvia stepped in and was getting the brunt of it. Right. And I do. Again, I get that. Because in, in the movie, the first beating was when the payment was a couple late. days late. 
um, it shows them getting beat with the paddle or whatever, and Jenny couldn't take that first initial one or two hits, and Sylvia goes, give me hers. What's the movie called? American Crime. Got it. Okay. And American Crime. Yeah. And American Crime. Yes, and it has uh, Elliot Page in it. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Got it. Elliot Page plays... Sylvia. Sylvia. Got it. Wow. God. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of familiar faces in there, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Like I said... Please lie to me and tell me that she gets exactly what she deserves. Um, if that's what you have to do. Uh, hopefully she does get what she deserves. And I am very, very interested in seeing what happens. Um, yeah. So, happy birthday week to me. Uh, I get a true crime story and um, hopefully I win a million dollars. Right? Sure. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you, Kaylee. If you win, you won't announce it, but there will be right. subtle hints. There will be subtle hints. <laughs> um, I will be a much happier Kayla. Um, I might talk in a different language, um, a different accent, because, uh, you know. Arner. Arner. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there will be subtle hints. You're absolutely right. And, uh, yeah. So, again, thank you so much for, for coming out here and filling in for, for Nicole. Um, I hope we filled, filled in the hair space. Um, I really missed her laugh today, but it'll do. Uh, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. Um, I'll Finish be... part two. Yeah. Uh, we'll all be virtual, so it'll be, be super odd, but, uh, not much different. Unless I enjoy oh, that. Oh, I hear Shrimpy. Hi, Shrimp. All right. See you guys later. Oh, bye. Bye.